0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem Pittsburgh Studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
3: Hey, good afternoon, greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Monday edition of the Ride Home. Kath, good to see you.
4: Thank you, John. Good was to be it a seen.
3: Good weekend for you. It
4: was a very nice weekend. I found very it nice. relaxing. Took several naps. I give it an A+.
3: Excellent. Yeah. I had a good weekend Yours myself. Yours as well? Yeah, I did a lot of yard work on Saturday, which I did believe you? is also very relaxing. Okay. Like being outside as much as possible.
4: It's often, it's not relaxing. No, no,
3: it's good. Okay. Because right? you're just outside. Great. Those long summer days. So you don't have any pressure
4: in. from any family I member? I think a feel Okay. No,
3: I felt good. You know, I okay. was using the weed whacker, which I always like. You know. Sure. You, know, you kind of get a cheap thrill out of using, you know, yard implements. Well, like
4: that. we had a, we made a big purchase last week.
3: Oh, what'd you buy?
4: We got a battery powered hedge trimmer. Uh huh. For the first time in our married life. And how I've is been it? Married. I've been married one year short of the number of years our producer Christy's been
3: alive. Holy moly! Mm-hmm. That says something right there.
4: Twenty-eight years of marriage, and we are buying our first. Like, cord-free head trimmer.
3: And how does it work? What?
4: Oh, You're no, sorry. look. Oh, no, look. See, there's oh, wait, all no. the sound happening.
3: Yeah,
4: so I'm trying so hard to share this to our Facebook page, and it just, it yeah, just, no it always me. works against me. Anyway, it is fabulous. Nice. I mean, we've been, car- we've, you know, I say we've. <laughs> well, it's like. I say some- we the same way you talk about cooking. Like, right. I have anything to do with this. I don't have anything to do with this. My husband is the one who handles all the. Uh, hedge trimming. But anyway, when you look at him
3: outside the window, he looks, he looks like happy. He's,
4: He looks like he's suffering a lot less. Let's put it that
3: he way. He does, yeah.
4: You have a lot of hedges? Oh, we do. Do so you have hedges? Yes, we have a really high maintenance yard. Oh, boy. Yard. And I'm sorry for hedges. it. Hedges. I don't have
3: any hedges to worry about at all. Wow, None. you're
4: living like...
3: My old house, I had hedges the size of you know, yeah. Washington Monument. Yep. And that's always a pain. It is. Especially you when, when
4: you've got the cable behind you. That's oh, of course. Like, and it's I've got cut a, the cable. Yeah. Have you ever
3: done that? No. Oh, I've done that. Just cut it right in half. He's <laughs> sweeping. Oh, I'm out of power. Oh, I cut my extension cord in half. It's like another 25 bucks out the Can't window. Can't you like...
4: Injure yourself dramatically if you do I'm sure that. I
3: could, you know, may have been electrocuted, but I, you know, survived here to tell you the story. I
4: could explain a lot of things that we've been <laughs> noticing over the past
3: could be, could be 10, neat. 11,
4: 12, 13 Anyway, years. there
3: is some enjoyment over having your own new there is. yard appliance, right? Yes, absolutely.
4: All right. So let's gonna... get down to it, John.
3: All right, as we always do, we kick off the show with the top news stories of the day. I'm ready. How can today be any different? Kath, please give us the top four at four.
4: Yes, indeed, for Monday, July 26th, 2021. Mm -hmm. ABC News is reporting the U.S. will keep existing COVID-19 travel restrictions on international travel. What does that mean? That stinks. People can't come here from other countries. Due to concerns, of course, about the surging infection rate because of the Delta variant, that is according to a White House official. The president said this month that his administration was in the process of considering how soon the U.S. could lift the ban on European travel bound for the U.S. after German Chancellor Angela Merkel raised that issue on her trip to the White House. The CDC advised Americans against travel to the U.K. just this past week, given a surge in cases there. Now, if you remember, most of continental Europe has relaxed restrictions on us going there if we're fully vaccinated, right? Although the U.K. still requires quarantines for most visitors arriving from the U.S. Airlines say, however, that the lack of two-way travel is limiting the number of flights they can offer and seats they can sell. Uh But the rise in prevalence of COVID-19 variants in Europe, especially the Delta mutation that is also spreading throughout the U.S., has caused the Biden administration to tread slowly about increasing transatlantic travel, which bums me out. Number two. Simone Biles opened up today about the extreme pressure she feels to perform at the Tokyo Olympic Games. The greatest gymnast of all time had a tough start last night in qualifiers as Team USA finished second behind the Russian Olympic Committee. The 24-year-old superstar shared on Instagram that the pressure of living up to her past performances has taken a toll on her mentally. Mm. She said, quote, it wasn't an easy day or my best, but I got through it. I truly do feel, though, like I have the weight of the world on my shoulders. I I know i brush it off and make it seem like pressure doesn't affect me but sometimes it's hard the olympics is no joke i mean the poor thing i mean god love her everyone's saying she's the greatest you know she's going to get you know six gold medals i mean how about we just let her do her thing you're so silent number three and speaking of sports adam Frazier, one of the two all-stars produced by the pirates this year is now a san diego padre Frazier and 1.4 million in cash went to San Diego, while the Pirates got infielder Tucapita Marcano, outfielder Jack Swinski, and right-hander Mitchell Milano, Miliano in return.
3: So we gave somebody <laughs> a million plus in cash and one of our and we all-stars. gave our best player. Yeah. Okay. okay.
4: And number four, a new bronze statue of Abe Lincoln is once again standing tall at the crossroads of Penn Ave. and Ardmore Boulevard along the historic Lincoln Highway in Wilkinsburg. The new statue was unveiled Saturday in the very spot where a hammered copper Lincoln statue was dedicated back in 1916. According to the Trib, the day was two and a half years in the making going back to early 2019 when Wilkinsburg Historical Society President Anne-Elise Morris announced she was going to raise $70,000 to build a new statue and I she started a GoFundMe. And then it all came to pass on Saturday. It was sculpted by Susan Wagner, a Pennhill's native, who said once Abe went up, she felt relieved. Excellent. Yeah. Anyway, that is your top four at four.
5: Very
3: nice. I mean Susan Wagner, she did the Clemente statue. She did the Maserowski yep, too. And Starchild. Yeah. Everything in NC Park.
4: Now, don't you how much affection do you have for those
3: three?
6: Oh.
4: I mean, I think they are They're spectacular. Fabulous. They really are. I really do.
3: Excellent job. And the Abe Lincoln statue. It looks great. I, I saw just it happened online. to drive by it. Did you? I saw. I was there for the. You know, I drove by the celebration, saw the Girl Scouts out there, and I'm, the whole community was gathered. Very, very nice.
4: Great. It, what did you think of the statue? It looks
3: terrific. It's gigantic. I mean, it's not gigantic, but it's a lot larger than the original 1916 it's, statue.
4: It's. You know what? It's the same size as he was.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. It looks heavy. Like it looks. Yeah. The other one seemed kind of slight.
4: Well, considering it was hit by two different cars and yeah.
3: all sorts of weather and you name it. It was stolen, too. And it was off ra- as well. right,
4: Exactly. It was a century of wear and tear, plus mm-hmm. a few misadventures. That's what the trip called it today. <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh-huh. that's misadventure. The new Lincoln statue weighs four times as much as the old one. Okay, so there's the heaviness, uh-huh. right? And it has a black granite base. Yep.
3: So uh, Abe's gotten older and heavier. Mm-hmm. It happens to us all it's it's, You know,
4: he put on the COVID
3: yeah. weight. Right. Uh,
4: the new statue is 400 pounds.
3: 400 pounds.
4: Uh-huh. In right, his yep. left hand is a copy of the Emancipation Proclamation.
3: I mean, I was surprised that, you know, the Girl Scouts were there. The Emancipation Proclamation is there. It, the weird times we live in, you think all oh, kind of crazy stuff would happen. But it didn't happen. Thank goodness. Yeah.
4: Listen, you see someone who has the capability and the skill that the sculpture has? Yes. This is what she said in today's trip. Can I tell you? Please. She said, I'm always concerned about if people are going to like my work. Yeah, she well, said, course. it was difficult. She said, I sculpted Lincoln right after the shutdown during COVID. I couldn't get a lot of info that I needed because everything was shut down. I couldn't get the death mask from soldiers and sailors, which I didn't even know was a thing that they had. And then she said, my welder got COVID. She said, it was really hard to create in that atmosphere, mm. which is why she said she felt so relieved on
3: Saturday. Fabulous. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of, there could be a lot of misadventure. Remember the uh, Lucille Ball statue from a few years ago? Remember that?
4: Oh, yeah. That's up in Celeron, New York.
3: Well, it was in Lucy's hometown. They hired a sculptor to come on. Yeah. And instead of looking like Lucille Ball, it's sort of like Lucy from Charlie Brown. I mean, had no Oh, yeah. People
4: really, really hated it. They
3: did. Well, if you saw the photos. So so anyway, they redid it. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure if you're an artist.
4: I was just up there in Celeron in her her hometown. Lucy Ball. There's a a, comedy museum up there that's named in her honor. Yeah.
3: Well, she was one of the funniest ladies ever. There's no doubt about that. Right. Okay, speaking of funny... We have nothing coming up up on
4: today's program. Can Mm -hmm. I give you a a couple, uh, nods? We're going to talk about um, Facebook's next target, which is the religious experience. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about how, um, how the Facebook platform is going to deal with people who are discussing things about God. Oh,
3: they're actively engaging. That's interesting, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah." We
4: we want that to happen. That's going to be at five o'clock. Um, but coming up next, our good friend, Greg Clugston, SRN news, white house correspondent is going to be with us to talk about this week in the nation's capital. Uh, It's never a dull moment.
3: No, there's a lot going on. So stay with us. An update from the Beltway straight ahead here on the ride home. Be back in a few.
0: 101.5 WORD. The Word of God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi friend, this is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace To
7: You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WO. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But Because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home, while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we or United Faith Mortgage.
8: United Faith Mortgage is a db of United Mortgage Corp, 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licens mortgage maker. For all licensing information, go to Access dot or Corporate animalist number thirteen thirty. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
1: When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school, or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions.
9: Angie's List is now Angie. Summer is the perfect
10: time to book your next home project. From lawn care to a new patio, Angie makes it simple to connect with pros who can get the job done right. See reviews, upfront pricing, and instantly book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee check out angie.com and for more on the
9: happiness guarantee go to angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen
1: Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise. Wednesday, August 25th from 630 to 9. Relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night.
3: Every Monday to kick off the week, we go to Washington, D.C., where Greg Clarkson, who is the SRN News White House correspondent, joins us to give us an update of the goings on in and around the nation's capital. Hey, Greg, how are you today?
11: Good afternoon. Doing great. Hi, John. Kathy?
4: Excellent. Yeah, good to hear from you, Greg. And I hate to say this, but so COVID-19 numbers appear to be on the rise again. And now John and I were just talking about the fact that the U.S. has decided that they're not going to reevaluate their stance on uh, international travelers coming from Europe to here. I mean, it's disappointing news, yeah?
11: Yeah, I mean, we we were feeling really good, you know, heading into the summer, the numbers had, had peaked and then plateaued and then actually were decreasing and restrictions were being um, eased uh, in a lot of areas, in a lot of ways of life. And it was starting in, in some ways to start to feel normal again, right? Yeah. And, and now uh, we have this, this Delta variant that is, um, is really spreading rapidly. It's so much more aggressively contagious than, um, than sort of the original virus if you want to put it that way and then uh... you have the fact that you know we are about as a country fifty percent give or take vaccinated which means half the country is not and so that's where things stand and things are going uh, unfortunately in the wrong direction and so this is this is presenting a little bit of a, a problem uh, potentially here for the biden administration for the federal government the cdc uh... we were told yesterday by dr anthony fauci there are conversations going on discussions being had about whether or not to um, reevaluate the mask guidance that has been given meaning that if you're vaccinated fully vaccinated you don't need to be wearing masks indoors um, uh, in, in, in groups of people in restaurants and that sort of thing. And that maybe is under a reconsideration at this point. So it is it is troubling as we're seeing these numbers and cases and, unfortunately, hospitalizations and
3: deaths also on the rise. Right. So heaven help us. COVID is not going to go away anytime soon. And so even, though, even if you've had a shot, well, then you're sort of still, at, in some ways, trusting the science, but still, you know, people can be reinfected,
0: I guess.
11: Yeah, there have been these breakthrough cases where people have been fully vaccinated and yet have gotten the case, have gotten um, COVID come down with the case of it. Um, In most of those cases, um, they have been fairly mild symptoms for most of the reporting at this point, um, although some have been severe. And so um, you still have to be very careful about this disease. The Department of Veterans Affairs today announced that its healthcare workers are going to be required to get COVID-19 vaccines. And so the VA has become the first major federal agency to, uh, to make that requirement, and we're wondering if we'll see that in other agencies as well
4: yeah I saw I think that state workers in New York are going to either have to get a vaccine or be willing to be tested on a weekly basis if they're not going to I think a, a similar proposal is happening in Virginia so I, I don't know you know pe- people are probably going to respond badly to that and feel like it's you know a situation where their medical care is being forced on them
3: government overreach
4: yeah government overreach but it uh, I'm just thinking today and reading the article um, uh, reported by ABC News just about how much Europe is eager for to be able to extend travel restrictions or to, to, to ease ra- travel restrictions to be able to get people from Europe back to the U.S. again. And I just wonder, you know, how much commerce is being lost in all of this?
11: Well, you're right. There is commerce being lost and also just families that have That's been separated. Right. Uh, people can't get to uh, – one place or the other, uh, if they were caught you know on 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 one end of their travel plans, and so that's been very um, very unfortunate obviously for them but the the u s government has certainly um, not budged on on some of these uh, for some of these country travel restrictions the other thing it's interesting you, t- you you mentioned you know what the reaction is going to be in in fact if if tighter restrictions are, are reapplied that sort of thing we're already seeing we over the weekend we saw huge protests in sydney australia all throughout france uh, tens and hundreds of thousands of people taking to the street to say hey we want to uh, you know, we, we oppose all of these restrictions and, and forced vaccinations and things. And so there still is a very strong sentiment. It's not just in the United States, but in other countries where there is a strong sentiment of uh, this
3: can't be forced on us. Right. So don't throw your mask away. Yeah. Uh. Mm hmm. Right. uh, right. Let's talk to us uh, about um, the withdrawal of troops in Iraq. Now, of course, uh, troops have left Afghanistan. Uh, There was a a lot of consternation about that. This is a big move that all troops would leave Iraq soon. Yeah.
11: Yes. The Iraqi prime minister uh, at the White House here in Washington today and met with President Biden in the Oval Office. And this was a planned visit as the two countries have been talking about moving toward ending The American military combat mission in Iraq and so that was confirmed today by the president as well as the prime minister now they didn't really give a precise timeline except to say that combat troops the hope is combat troops could be could be done with their duty um, sometime this year probably toward the end of this calendar year at this point obviously Um, That doesn't mean that there still won't be an American presence there. Much like with Afghanistan, there's still going to be an American military footprint there to help with training and to help with some security measures, but not responsible for combat and for taking on groups like uh, the Islamic State group, for example.
4: So that whole region is going to become potentially destabilized. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of discussion when President Trump decided to pull forces out of Syria. Um, what's the response of the, of the press corps at this point? Is there a feeling in the press room that, you know, there's impending doom? Is there – is it – I don't know. How much, how much opinion journaling is going on, I guess, what I'm asking you, Greg? And how much are people just, you know, saying this, these are the facts?
12: Well,
11: I'd say it's uh, it's probably a little all over the map in some ways, Kathy. I mean, you've got some people who are saying, um, you know, we we can't be the you know the world's policeman. We can't be uh, you know responding to every flare up around the globe um, as the United States. Um, and that there is a limit to what we can do, and that hard decisions have to be made. Others are saying that we have a responsibility, uh, given some of the, you know, in, in Afghanistan, for example, or Iraq, the investments that we have made over many, many years, um, uh, that we still, and, and, and in those both of those cases, the military is still going to be a partner with those existing governments and security forces, but it's going to look a lot different, you're right, and we're already seeing troublesome developments in Afghanistan, for example, in terms of moves by the Taliban and uh, them retaking control and um, and bringing along the kind of uh, control that they have. So uh, these are not easy questions uh, to answer. Um, And and then when you think about the criticism, for example, that President Biden has received from some quarters for his decision to, to come out of Afghanistan, you know, one of the questions that the president will ask, and it's a legitimate one, is, well, at what point is it going to be OK or or, or will it be appropriate to withdraw troops? Um, meaning there's always going to be a threat by the Taliban or somebody at some point. Um, so you have to just make the decision and go with it at, at one point or the other.
3: Yep. Greg, uh, let's talk for a second about uh, the president's son, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's a, a kind of a guy who... Um, courts can't, controversy yeah, he can't
4: stay out of the headlines
3: yeah right? no matter what he does i mean uh it's a weird thing all right to be a, a rich man's son apparently his artwork now is being contested and that uh has, has some controversy in the nation's capital as well
11: well it does because uh he has he has taken a painting i guess he's been doing it for some time uh sort of as a hobby and uh, probably because of his name uh, recognition and association with now president biden hunter is planning to sell his uh... his artwork and apparently because of his last name There are there are uh, auction houses that believe they can get tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for these pieces of work. Uh Um, I I haven't even seen seen the art, to be honest, and I'm I'm not sure I could even tell you whether it's good art or not. (laughs) But the but the issue is whether or not this presents an ethics problem for the White House, for the administration, whether it's a a potential conflict of interest, whether people might buy the art in hopes of uh, gaining influence with the president or some in the administration uh, through Hunter Biden. So it's raising all sorts of questions.
4: Yeah, it's complicated. You know, there have been stories over the years about people involved in the people who are part of the royal family in England who are trying to start businesses or be involved in different organizations. And it always ends up, you know, backfiring in some way, even though they have I'm giving them credit for having very good intentions. They're closeness to the queen it's just something that you can't overlook right but but it really does infringe on their personal choices the kind of business they can pursue the kind of stuff that they can do yeah because you
3: can make a quick buck i mean heck greg i'm old enough to remember jimmy carter's brother with billy beer i mean you know this artwork's kind of the same way in a way
13: i i thought the same thing
11: a, a week or two ago when this this story was really starting to percolate and you know you think about you know the relatives of presidents or or kings and queens and uh you know the extended family that you really can't control in some cases what the white house has done in this case you guys is they have defended an arrangement that has been made with um with these auction houses in new york city and la that what they would do is the the buyers of the art presumably would remain anonymous meaning hunter biden wouldn't know who's buying the art And the White House wouldn't know who was purchasing the art either. So therefore, they argue, the White House argues, that would prevent there being some sort of conflict of
4: interest. Okay. I mean – I guess that would work. I guess it's just—it's a. Sh- I mean, you can't ask the president's or the queen's family to shut everything down, can I don't you? Know, it's like some. <laughs> but I, the problem with Hunter is that his background is so sketched to start with. Before we even got to the art.
3: But the, the the bottom line for me is, it's a super rich guy, you know, creating artwork that maybe you know, if his dad wasn't the president, it'd be kind of meh. And then somebody else who's wealthy right. buys it and they hang it on their wall and they brag about it. The whole thing's just sort of like tawdry.
11: Well, if the price tag wasn't so high, I, I'd consider getting something, you know, as a Christmas gift for you, John. That's so but. sweet.
3: <laughs> I'd rather have your poem. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, before you leave us, we always like to throw something, um, uns, uh, I was going to say untoward, but it's not really untoward. Not untoward. It's just no. you know, something that you don't expect. You know, airing someone's
3: dirty laundry <laughs> it's on the not air not like here. we're going to put him in a bad spot
4: or something. Greg, coming okay. on this. Anyway, the, the subject coming up on the ride home, Greg, is um, people who are trying – popular or unpopular cures for insomnia and I'm wondering if you've ever suffered with such a thing and do you have something that works for you
11: no thankfully I've not ever had that be a serious problem there are times when I know if I have uh, have a, you know an early morning wake-up call or an important appointment that I don't want to miss and I'm worried about g- falling to sleep, I sometimes will take a melatonin oh, yeah. to Does kind that of work just relax me. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a natural thing, and uh, that's about the only thing I've ever tried before.
3: No weighted blanket? Nothing like that? No,
11: I've, I've not had to get to go to those extremes.
4: Okay. Now, we understand that you had to be uh, on camera perhaps this uh, the, even this morning very early. Uh, did you have any issue going to sleep last night because of it?
11: Uh, well, you just, you just wonder, you know, if the alarm, when it goes off at 345, oh, if, it, if you're going to be there or not. So yeah, I, I did take a melatonin last night. Funny mm-hmm. you should ask.
3: Wait, oh. so you woke up this morning at 345? I did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's 430 right now. Yeah. So it's time for you to that's, go to bed, isn't it?
4: Right. You might want to take another melatonin since you're done yeah, with the ride home. It's going home
3: to be great.
11: dinner and then right to bed. Yep.
4: Oh, Terrific. Goodness. All right. Good. Thanks for being with us.
3: Good to be here. Always good. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. He's ready for bedtime. He, he rocking the melatonin. Excellent. You do? Have you had it? I
4: never have used it. Neither have I. I have some in my house, though.
3: How about just a glass of milk? Oh, I like think that works. milk? That's no, it
4: disgusting. works. It
8: works. gross. It's We're not doing more milk.
4: I'll
8: tell you that right now. At Nom Nom, we make real good food for dogs and cats. And we mean that exactly like it sounds. Real, as in 100% whole ingredients. No dyes, fillers, or preservatives, just restaurant-quality cuts of protein and hand-picked veggies, the same stuff you eat. Good, as in irresistible for our four-legged family members. The research even says our recipes have higher food to store ratios, which means they're more digestible and energizing than kibbles and cans. Food, as in recipe after recipe, all prepped and mixed in our kitchens. No flash frying, no extrusion, only carefully selected ingredients individually cooked to seal in maximum nutrition. Dogs and cats, as in yours and yours alone. Each of our meals comes carefully pre-portioned and delivered to fulfill your pet's exact nutritional needs based on age, weight management, and sensitivities. Not a calorie more than they need. See, exactly like it sounds. Try 50% off your first order of Nom Nom Fresh Pet Food at trinom.com radio. That's try
5: slash radio. Where can you find a high-quality, locally hand-built mattress at a factory-direct value? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our factory-direct business model allows us to provide a better quality mattress at a better price when compared to mainstream mattress brands. That's because we manufacture our mattresses in our local factories and sell them directly to you, eliminating the middleman markup and saving you money. And we can provide fast local delivery as well as pickup seven days a week at our factory location. Visit an original mattress factory location
1: near you. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
9: Looking for a job? Contact Express Employment Professionals and be part of their national hiring event. With one application, Express connects you with multiple employers and never charges a fee. Go to ExpressPros.com, find your nearest office, and call Express today. We are everywhere on your radio
10: at 101.5 WORG. FM, Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, in and at radio.com.
14: We'll see clear skies for tonight. Expect a low tonight of 63. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny and warm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 88. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies with a low of 67. Wednesday, partly sunny and humid with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. We'll see a high Wednesday of 86. With your Weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
3: How did you sleep last night?
4: I mean, it was very hot. Mm-hmm. So I slept okay, but several times... <laughs> I woke up, and I say this, and I speak to all of you who don't have air conditioning, in that little pile of sweat. Oh yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about.
3: In the back, is it in in your shoulder blades? Small the back. I know, (laughs) I know it well. Yeah.
4: So I did wake up with that.
3: I have trouble falling asleep, and I rarely have trouble falling asleep. Because it went so hot. Yeah. Yeah. Or I just, I don't know. Don't you, when you get stuck in that sort of mind twist, and you're laying there. Especially if something's
4: going on at work.
3: Or whatever, or
4: something's going on at home. Like if there's, if there is a, a worry. particular worry, regardless of what that is, for some reason it comes and like preys upon you. Right. In the nighttime. Mm-hmm. Yep. At noon, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal.
3: No, because you're busy.
4: Right. 2 a.m. It's like an absolute crazy Nowhere
3: to run, nowhere to hide. All right. So, in your, would you say in your life you've suffered from insomnia mm-hmm. at all? Yeah. Yes. Have there been any cures that would shake you out of that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Tell me.
4: Yes. The number one cure was to stop looking at the clock.
3: Really? Yes. What about your... I mean, I was expecting you to say my eating habits, my drinking habits. No. None of that. No. Just stop looking at the clock. Stop looking at the clock. Wait, so are you. Well, because you. For me, like when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm not looking at the clock, but I just. I'm I'm waking up. I'd prefer not to wake up.
4: Right. But if you wake up and you look look at at the the clock. And then you think, oh my gosh, I've only been sleeping for two hours. Or you wake up and say, oh my gosh, it's only an hour until I have to get up. But you're up. But you. But you will fall. I guarantee you will fall back to sleep faster if you don't know what time it is.
3: Yeah, I realize that
4: what was. Not. I didn't realize this. My therapist is the one that told me this over and over and over again until she threatened she was going to come to my house and put a bath towel over my clock for me. Just get rid of it. Um, is, she said, You're putting, you're making sleep into a task you need to perform. Mm. She said, Sleep is something that happens to you, sleep is not a task you fulfill.
3: Okay, that's wise.
4: But that was in, but when you get in, sleep is like anything else in life. If you get in bad mental patterns with it, then it can really, right. you really need someone who can help you get out of that.
3: Have you ever taken a sleep aid? I haven't. Haven't you ever? No. Oh man. There's a period. No, because I figured I'd get addicted not in a hot no, you, minute.
4: No. You, oh sure. No. What on. do you know?
3: What do you say, what do you mean what do I know?
4: Yeah, I wouldn't of course I would. That's no, why I'm I mean, not
3: taking it. If you're it. taking like NyQuil for a little bit or like you know, no I've gone through periods where I go, give me that, give me that. Because you know, you reach a point of saturation, you go, I haven't slept, yeah, I've got like I, you have know, to sleep. I need something to just drag me under there and not pull me back up again. Right? right. So I've yeah, I got no problem with that. Okay, great. Anyway. I'm not insomnia. saying you shouldn't
4: have a problem with it. Okay, so what about this guy from The Guardian? So he said that he tried eleven popular insomnia cures. Right. I've and. never heard of
3: this, some of these things. Okay, tell me. Sprays and roll-ons. Sprays? Yeah, you spray your pillow. Oh, uh, with like... My beauty sleep with the mist, right? Um, I, I, all right. I don't know. I'm not doing that. Uh, the pillow spray. Okay. The 478 breathing technique. Breathing exercises for relaxation. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
4: okay. We've. I mean, yeah. Breathing mm. exercises are a good thing. Yeah. They don't really, they don't put me to sleep though.
3: How about a weighted blanket?
4: I've wanted to try one. Do you mm-hmm.
3: have? No. Yeah. Chris, less. do you
4: have a weighted blanket? I don't, but I do want to try one. So, do I, yeah. I always... I- it sounds like it would be good.
3: Okay, here's what they say. I love the idea of a weighted blanket. A Wait, who, sort who's just saying this? This is the author of the uh, the piece, uh, My Deep Sleep Quest. I tried 11 popular insomnia cures, uh, a woman by the name of Emma Beddington. Okay. Of the Guardian. Okay. And uh, Emma says this. I love the idea of a weighted blanket, a sort of heavy fabric hug. Yeah. Albeit, albeit one with scarcely researched relaxation and sleep benefits, I acquired a 14-kilogram one, but was sad to discover sleeping under it feels like being implacably crushed to death by boiling lava. <laughs>
4: Well, that doesn't sound pleasant at all.
3: It took all my strength <laughs> to drag it into a cupboard so it won't be coming out again anytime soon.
4: Well, that is not a recommendation. You're being
3: crushed <laughs> to death by boiling lava.
4: Okay, forget okay. it. All right, moving on. Okay, uh,
3: <laughs> these she did the uh, CBD drops. Oh, what'd she say about that? She said, uh, I don't think it's doing anything to aid my sleep, but perhaps I'd be even worse without it.
4: Okay, that's what everybody says. You use the CBD for right. anything. It might right? work. It might, I, think, I, I think it might be working, but I can't really tell.
3: Right, melatonin. Um, she says um, it's too complex for me to understand. Chewable, mildly peppermint flavored. It has not rocked my sleep world noticeably. Okay, counting backwards from a thousand in seven. Oh, that's
4: the so, that's so depressing. Uh, yeah. Counting backward from a hundred and sevens?
3: From a thousand that's like, in sevens.
4: That's complicated. That would keep me awake.
3: Over-the-counter pharmacy remedies. Okay, that's what I... All right. I swear if anybody tells me how powerful night nurse is, I'll be making a blood sacrifice to <laughs> Morpheus. What is Night Nurse? It's like NyQuil probably, bet, right? So probably something like right? that. Right, so she said... Uh, like the British version of it. They're antihistamines, so any antihistamine uh, makes a difference in my sleep. Leaves me dry-mouthed, a walking corpse the next day. Impeccable of coherent thought. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I don't know. Lettuce water, never heard of that. Cognitive shuffling, I've never heard of that either. So I guess there's things, if you know... Believe me, I'm just taking some... I practice
4: cognitive shuffling from four to six weekdays. Lift
3: up your feet. Come on. Pick up your feet. It's not guys. making me sleepy, though. I hope you don't have insomnia because, boy, that's rough.
4: All right, coming up next The Olympics. Why faithful fans are drawn to Olympians. That's next in the right
10: 101.5 W O R D.
3: Or, how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 83121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That is WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. This
9: summer, we all want to Reconnect with friends and family. And the team at Legacy Box can help you make the most of your time together by enabling you to revisit classic memories while creating new ones. Legacy Box is an affordable way to have footage of family milestones trapped on home movies and photos safely stored on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. The process is remarkably simple. Just follow the guide from Legacy Box's all inclusive kit, and their experienced team will create digital copies of your videotapes, film reels, and photos. Soon you'll have everything saved on the format of your choice, along with your originals. Imagine highlights from the past digitally preserved and always ready to share. Even better, Legacy Box is offering 40% off this week. Visit LegacyBox.com LBOX to take advantage of this limited time offer and ensure your past is always within reach. That's LegacyBox.com LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com LBOX.
1: Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin provides preparation for life, supporting the goals of Christian families across 15 South Hills districts. At Cornerstone Prep, pre-K through 12th grade students are equipped through biblical discipleship and authentic education that features the arts, sports, AP and dual credit courses, and a heavy STEAM emphasis that ensures Christian students are fully ready for life after graduation. Now offering five-day pre-K for three- and four-year-olds, Cornerstone Prep, preparation for life
3: at cornerstoneprep.net.
4: Are you watching the Olympics?
3: Uh, Yes, I am. I'm loving every second of it.
4: I soaked up hours of it this weekend. Feels good. Okay, so listen, I I took in judo for the first time. Judo? Uh huh. Taekwondo. Yeah. Uh, Triathlon.
0: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, Of course, women's gymnastics. Mm hmm. Swimming. Uh, Synchronized diving. (laughs) That's a lot. And archery. Yeah. It was a big weekend.
3: Big weekend. Here's my problem: I'm watching these like finely tuned, world class athletes while I'm eating a bag of Lay's. Yeah, I know that's a little. What bit is of the problem. problem there? That's a problem. Well, what about the uh, current Olympians and their walk in faith to Olympians in the past? Well, Clayton Truder is with us. Uh, Clayton teaches at Norwich University in Northfield, Vermont, the author of Loserville, How Professional Sports Remade Atlanta and How Atlanta Remade Professional Sports. But he's got a terrific piece online at Christianity Today, from Eric Lindell to Allison Felix, Why Faithful Fans Are Drawn to Olympians. Clayton, welcome to the show.
15: Thank you for having me on this afternoon, and thanks for reading my piece in Christianity today. My yeah, pleasure.
3: Thank you.
4: Uh, Clayton, tell me, have you taken in Olympics this weekend?
15: Oh, yeah. I've been dabbling in a lot of different sports. I only see once every four years. I watch <laughs> a bit of beach volleyball. I watch some judo, like you guys are talking about. Yeah. I watch some taekwondo. Mm-hmm. It's great. I mean, these are sports I don't know well. I basically follow the big four sports, essentially, but... It's nice to get a, to touch in and check in on these every once in a while. Both with the summer and winter Olympics, it's a great, great opportunity for a couple of weeks each yeah. year. Afterwards, I'm always left thinking, "Oh, I should really embrace this or that." But you know, it's kind of a fun little novelty uh, every every once in a while. Exactly. Obviously, there are many people who are deeply invested in those particular sports. but so just as a casual observer, it's a fun thing to see and a, a particularly fun thing to see so many uh, fine Christian athletes particip- participating in these events.
3: Yeah. And I thought about you over the weekend, knowing that you were going to join us today because, you know, you wrote in your CT piece about Chariots of Fire and Eric Liddell. Um, talk to us about that. For our audience who doesn't know this film, and you rightly said probably the greatest sports film ever made, and Eric Liddell, tell us about him.
15: Eric Liddell was a uh, Scottish, um, he was Chinese-born uh, missionary. Uh, his, he was actually born in China. His parents were missionaries in the late 19th century. He was a, a great Olympic runner, a sprinter in the 1924 Olympics in Paris. He was scheduled to run in the 100 meters, which was his specialty, but he refused to because the opening heats were held on the Sabbath. So he traded events with one of his teammates, Harold Abrams, who, um, and uh, Liddell ended up winning the 400 meters, an event he had never competed in so cool. at an international level. Um, for a short-distance sprinter, competing in such an event is very difficult because there's a tendency for them to just, to just run out of gas on, on, on a longer event. And the film "Cherry to Fire covers the friendship and the efforts of the devoutly Christian Liddell and his, his Jewish friend Harold Abrahams. Uh, who were both members of the uh, British Olympic team in 1924. And and, and as, as you said, I, I think it's the best sports movie ever made. It's such a yeah. vivid portrayal of the time and place. It's a vivid portrayal of, of the rigors of being an athlete. And it also has a fantastic Christian message, mm-hmm. too, it. shows someone who's a public figure uh, embracing the principles of Christianity in their public life and using sports as their ministry.
0: Hmm.
4: So he decided, Eric Liddell did, to forego the 100-meter competition uh, because it was happening on the Sabbath day. And that is, you know, one of the main features of the film,
15: uh, Chariots of Fire.
4: But talk about Eric Liddell after his um, running career was over. Talk about what happened to
15: him. Less than one year after he wins his gold medal in Paris in 1924, he returns to China where he was born and takes up work as a missionary serving the poor, spreading the gospel, Eventually, during World War II, when China is invaded by uh, Imperial Japan, he is taken prisoner. Uh, He ends up spending the last two and a half years of his life in in an internment camp in Shandong province in northeastern China, and he eventually dies of a brain tumor in February 1945, just a few months before American forces liberated the base. Um, His death was was mourned not only in Scotland, but also worldwide, because he'd been such an inspirational role model for Christians throughout the world because of his principled stand during the 1924 Olympics. And the film Chariots of Fire when it came out in 1981 helped bring back um, his story to a larger public as well.
3: You know... When you watch sports, whether the the Olympic sports or, you know, baseball or football, often what we'll see, you know, and I I, I watch a lot of baseball. So, you know, you'll see somebody hit a home run, they cross home plate, and then they point to the sky, they Mm -hmm. point to the heavens, you know, and you think, oh, Mm -hmm. "Oh, that's interesting. And I wonder what that is, especially as a believer. We see that and you kind of think we self-identify and you kind of go, that's my guy. He believes what I believe. What is it about that that we would care about God? God and we don't and we
4: don't know what they mean. No,
3: yeah, but the point of the sky, you know yeah. it, it can mean anything, right?
15: Yeah, I mean, I take that
3: to be their personal
15: ministry in many respects. I also like the juxtaposition of the, the fire and fury of athletic competition with making a choice to make a conscious reflection on one's faith, uh, on a sense of fair play, on a sense of that there are more important things than the activity taking place. So I, I really like that those two things coming together, the the ability to compete in sports but also to present oneself as a christian in the world Mm -hmm.
4: yeah yeah, we're talking about the olympics and we're talking about you know people who have faith in their personal life and choose to show it as an athlete and what that does for us as christians clayton truder is with us talking about an article he wrote in ct clayton what is it and this is just your opinion on this but what is it about us that cares whether athletes are believers or not i mean does it give us a sense of belonging yeah or camaraderie
15: i think i think certainly that's part of it i think it's seeing a little bit of ourselves in the world i think also for many christians there's a sense that a lot of the things of the world are not you know not necessarily the way we'd want them to be in terms of popular culture and seeing a certain aspect of popular culture in which one's uh deepest principles are presented, I I think that's important too. That I think particularly for young people seeing these this visible proof that there are other people who feel the way they do is very important.
3: Yeah, and I think that's the key thing, I think, right? Especially when you're a kid and you know, you say I'm a Christian and all of a sudden athletes show up. Whether they're just local athletes, you know, from the high school football team or college guys or I mean, you know, in you know, the rare instance that a pro athlete would be in, you know, in your in your midst there's something about that. And you think that guy's like me, right? He's different than me, but he's like me. And it means something. And I don't know if that means, you know, it strengthens anybody's faith or anything like that. But just that association is exciting that, you know, you're involved in the same thing that he's involved in.
15: I think having a source of inspiration and something reinforcing the things that you feel is always a helpful thing. I mean, there's struggles of the spirit which happen every day and having these just everyday kind of things happen that we can see before us i think is very helpful in terms of our spiritual journey
3: yeah so clayton as you're watching the olympics this year are there anybody is there any athlete out there you know that we should be aware of you think oh that person they've got a strong christian witness and their ministry is involved in their sports life
15: it's tough to be Allison Felix, who's one of America's premier sprinters. She's 35 years old. This is her fourth Olympics. She's won a total of nine medals and six gold and three silver medals. Her primary events now are the 400-meter sprint and the four-by-400-meter relay. If you look at her on social media, she's very, very active in presenting the gospel. Uh, she's worked for the State Department in the past as an uh, ambassador of goodwill, of children's literacy throughout the world. I think she's a very... She's very tough to beat as an inspiration. Uh, Jamaica's Shelly Ann Fraser price also has been very active on social media and presenting her face. Um, Kyle, um, Kyle Snyder, who's a heavyweight wrestler for the United States, is very active and open in presenting his faith as well. So everywhere you look there are great examples, not just from the United States but from, from many other countries throughout the world. Um, the Australian and New Zealand, uh, teams from Australia and New Zealand, also have very many. Uh, open Christian athletes too. Um, it's yeah. There's there's lots of places to look for inspiration in these next couple of weeks. I love it.
4: I love it too, um, Clayton. I want to ask you what's what events you're looking forward to seeing over the next ten days or so. I will say one of my very favorite events was last night the four by one hundred meter uh, men's relay, at which the, I, I, the U.S. prevailed, gold medal again. Um, Clayton, what are you looking forward I, to? I enjoyed
15: that too. That was fantastic. Wasn't that great? I love track and field. It, it, it's oh, it's fantastic. I I I don't watch a lot of track and field other than in the events, so I've always been very impressed with that. The decathlon, what it just exercises oh different uh, different forms of athleticism. I find the martial arts interesting. I'm a huge basketball fan, so the oh. tr- troubles of the USA basketball yeah, team. Yeah, how are about very that? So they lost to, to
4: France. That can't be a good sign. No, it's not a good
15: sign. no, no. I mean, one of the most amazing things is Rudy Gobert who's probably the best player on the French team. Yeah. Is in many ways the guy who kind of kicks off the entire covid uh, in sports thing because he's the guy who tested positive i remember you know i
4: don't don't follow the nba he's the only reason i know his name is i remember that night i remember where i was sitting that night when they called off the nba
15: yeah he he suddenly became like one of the five most famous guys in the (laughs) league as a result of that (laughs) um so it's,
3: it's, a, it's an odd bookend. Yeah. You, you take your fame how you can find it, I, I guess, guess, right? COVID or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Clayton, thanks for meeting with us. I mean, I appreciate the conversation and, you know, a deeper dive into Christians, past and present, we should be aware of as the Olympics uh, move forward this week.
15: Thank you. It's a genuine pleasure speaking with you both and a blessing to be on your show. Thank you so
3: much for your time. Certainly the pleasure has been ours. Clayton Truder, he is uh, the author of Loserville, How Professional Sports Remade Atlanta and How Atlanta Remade Professional Sports. We'll take a quick break, come back. Uh, Speaking of the Olympics, um, the Koreans are in a little bit of hot water (laughs) in uh, their assessment of world powers. We'll talk about that next.
12: Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com.
6: Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship As you pass towering Alaska glaciers Or tropical Caribbean islands Perhaps you're longing to set foot In the very places where Jesus walked And taught in Israel Every day on a Christian cruise or tour Brings you to new vistas While you enjoy uplifting music And powerful messages Get away with God in a faith focused journey And the unforgettable memories you create Will refresh you long after you return home For more information, visit inspirationcruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's inspirationcruises.com or call 800-247-1899.
10: A new college semester is right around the corner. Whether your student is heading back to campus or taking classes online, it's a great time to upgrade their mattress to ensure they're getting the rest they need for a successful school year. The Original Mattress Factory offers high-quality, hand-built mattresses at a factory-direct price. We can deliver anywhere in the US, and our factory locations have twin extra long mattresses in stock for pickup seven days a week or fast local delivery. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Thursday,
12: August 12th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Join Grammy Award-winning artist Michael W. Smith and a host of others. For Food for the Poor's National Virtual Celebration, we are one. We come together to provide 10 million meals for desperately hungry children and families in countries like Haiti. The event is complimentary, but reserve your space right now to receive a link to a silent auction of incredible trips to both national and international destinations. RSVP now at FoodForThePoor.org forward slash one. That's Food thepoororg the poor.org forward slash
3: South Korean television broadcast that used quote inappropriate images for some countries in its Olympics coverage has apologized after the photos sparked criticism I'm reading today from today's the Washington Post Brian Pytish is the uh, the reporter here in photos during the opening ceremonies as all the nations went by, photos for South Korean uh, broadcasters showed famous buildings and statues of the K-pop group BTS. But for other countries, they raised a few eyebrows. A piece of salmon was shown for Norway.
4: Okay, so so the Norwegian athletes are walking out, right? And they show like a piece hey, of salmon. This is this is what we identify the country with, right? Okay, that's good. Salmon's delicious.
3: Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what looked like pizza topped with what looked like pepperoni and Canadian bacon and olives was displayed for Italy. Other I
4: don't. I don't. Okay, that's fine. I don't o-
3: know. Okay. Other countries were a little less savory. Okay. Uh, Ukraine was represented by uh, the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. <laughs> Haiti's image showed demonstrators in front of a burning street following oh, the recent no. assassination of the country's no, president. No. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Romania was portrayed by a photo of Count Dracula, and next to the footage of Mongolia's delegation was a picture of Genghis Khan. The broadcaster apologized in statements posted online over the weekend in Korean and later in English, okay, good. writing the quote, there was a lack of consideration for the country's concerned, and inspection was not thorough enough. It is an inexcusable mistake. The apology was also displayed prominently Monday on the broadcaster's homepage.
4: Okay, and... I would hope that someone probably lost their job out of that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just that's that's not the kind of mistake you can make in broadcasting. I think it's,
3: you know, just kind of funny and odd. People are just, you know, trying to quickly self identify. So the Norwegians get a piece of salmon. How about Romania and Count Dracula? I don't think of those necessarily as
4: well. That's not the first thing I would think of in Romania, but that's, you know,
3: I, I think what's cool is what's cool about the whole story is that it shows. A cultural, you know, sort of overview, a bias, if you may, about sure. how we look at the world. yeah Now, right, if this was brought, if, if an American broadcaster had done this, oh, this would have been they, worldwide oh gosh, news. Yes,
4: there would have been hand wringing. There would have been, he would have, or she would have been fired before they how went to commercial you, right? break.
3: But because it's South Korea, you know, internally they're probably embarrassed. There's apologies. Maybe someone lost their job, but it's a minor story but it just goes to show how we see the world. Yeah. You can't blame them. I right. mean, this is Well, yeah, you can. Well, you just kind of sh- It's well, how you, people well, okay, think and it, talk about the world.
4: Well, okay, that is how. Yes. Thinking, okay, that's how people personally might talk about the world. That's not how you professionally publicly talk about the I world, especially when you're talking about the Olympics, which is supposed to be like the coming together and the appreciation of other cultures. I get it. I you know. You can't put up, you know, protesters when you're talking about Haiti.
3: They're just dumbing things down to a really basic level yeah. of how people that's, think and look yeah, at the world. Yeah, that's a
4: little too basic of a level.
10: 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying Play the Word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com.
13: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden and Iraqi Prime Minister Mustafa al kadhimi say they've come to an agreement to end the U.S. military's combat mission in Iraq by the end of the year. It's critical for the stability
6: of the region, and our counterterrorism cooperation uh, will continue, even as we shift to this new phase we're going to be talking about.
13: Speaking from the White House, the president says any further role in Iraq would not be in a combat role the U.S. will advise and train Iraqi forces. California will require state employees and all health care workers to show proof of COVID-19 vaccination or get tested weekly. And it was announced today that New York City will require all municipal workers to get coronavirus vaccines by mid-September or face weekly COVID-19 testing. And Wall Street stocks have turned higher. The Dow up 65 points, the NASDAQ up fractionally. This is SRN News. Life-changing Bible study with Alistair
0: Begg. Amazing music from Christian recording artist, Laura Story. And now, worship led by legendary Fernando Ortega. It's the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 28th to September 4th. There's still time to reserve your place to cruise with us in God's majestic creation. You'll be awed by the walls of translucent blue ice in Glacier Bay. Enjoy kayaking, fishing, and explore cozy, rustic frontier towns that offer mementos to remind you of your great vacation. A full week cruising Alaska, August 28th to September 4th, with Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and now, Fernando Ortega. It's all brought to you by Salem Media Group and our travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Log on to deeperfaithcruise.com. And register today by calling 855 565 5519 That's 8555655519 Year after year it's
1: the same routine Drop off the taxes pick up the taxes leave a check Maybe it's time to work with a business CPA who is less transactional and more relational. From Mike Radich and the team at MGR CPA and Consultants, it's about more than crunching the numbers. It's about getting the advice you need for complex tax issues and business solutions. It's just a better return. MGR CPA and Consultants. Honesty. Integrity. Always. At MGRCPA.com.
7: One listener that stands out that i worked with recently was this older couple that was interested in refinancing. They reached out to a few different lenders. and You know, their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the 780 credit scores and never had any hardships in their life. Just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do to do this refinance, whether it's two, three, six months from now. Back to that older couple, we worked with them for months and months to improve their credit. And we were able to get the loan done. We were saving them hundreds each month, thousands of dollars a year. Finally got themselves into a situation financially that they can handle and they could start saving money each month for retirement. At the end of the day, they just could not be happier, which just put a huge smile on my face.
10: We are United Faith Mortgage.
7: United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. MLS number
8: 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. When it comes to your child's education,
1: do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like First Baptist Christian School of Butler. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions.
14: We'll see clear skies for tonight. Expect a low tonight of 63. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny and warm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 88 Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies with a low of 67. Wednesday, partly sunny and humid with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. We'll see a high Wednesday of 86. With your weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall
3: and Kathy Emmons. During the uh, pandemic shutdown, I think a lot of us went on streaming services, and we gathered together with our local congregations. Now, uh, Facebook, of course, saw that, knew that. And they have started an initiative with major denominations around the world to engage exclusively with different denominations. I'm reading uh, from today's New York Times headline is Facebook's next target, the religious experience. So they talk about uh, the church Hillsong. Yes, right? of course, it's, it's a many gigantic campuses church based right? in Australia. Yep, uh, they opened their new outpost in Atlanta. And so the pastor in Atlanta sought advice on how to build the church in the midst of the pandemic. So apparently uh, Facebook got wind of this and they sat down with exclusive uh, access to each other, Facebook and Hillsong together. They met weekly with Hillsong and explored what the church would look like on Facebook and what apps they might create for financial giving, capability of live streaming. And when it came time for Hillsong's grand opening last month, the church issued a news release saying that it was, quote, partnering with Facebook, and began streaming its services exclusively on the platform. What? Yep. So, uh, whether it's Hillsong or any number of Christian, Jewish, and Muslim people of faith, Facebook wants to be on the front end of that with exclusive deals and exclusive contents.
4: All right. Well... We're live streaming right now on Facebook uh, on a 1.5 yes, Word FM. We uh, are. Okay, so that's really interesting to me. I um, so they would not do that for you know Third United Baptist of Charleroi. No, but they're only going to do this with Hillsong because it's such a gigantic. I mean, to call Hillsong a megachurch doesn't sum up what it is. Well,
3: they're they they're partnering with like um, what PCUSA, PC USA say what you will, right? They're leaning into this. They're looking to expand their... So other denominations. So whether it's the Methodist or the Baptist or whomever, eventually, I believe, they see an opportunity here both ways to engage new people who are viewers, and I'm sure there's a financial incentive on this as well.
4: Well, I wonder what that financial incentive is.
3: Well, I would imagine if you're exclusively on Facebook... And your congregation, like Hillsong, I don't know how many people that is, they've got a Give Now button. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, Facebook's going to take a percentage of the Give Now button, right? So they see that opportunity. Right. And I'm sure there are different levels and layers. You know, you might be watching a live stream, your pastor is preaching, and then at the bottom of the page, there's an advertising crawl for something the church is involved in.
4: Right. Wouldn't I don't like it. It's, I was going to say it's rife just, it for... It for, seems super cheesy. It's rife for difficulty. I can just see all sorts of, you know, red flags popping up.
3: I mean, look. I know that you know Facebook recently went over a trillion dollars in value. So they're you know expanding their reach. At what point do you sort of? And Not that Facebook had great credibility to begin with, but I believe for people of faith, at least from from my perspective, you lose credibility here when you're pushing yourself into all different facets of life.
4: You mean facebook's losing its
3: yes, and by dragging your congregation or your parent you know you know whether whatever denomination is that denomination i believe partnering with that it's kind of like a deal with a devil yeah
4: that's what i was thinking you don't know exactly what you're in the process of giving up because until of, it's probably gone
3: all of a sudden politics become involved sure, right. social issues become involved right, right. you know you're you know there you are with mark zuckerberg and all of a sudden you know Any number of things can muddy the water super quick, right? and you've got to control that. What if
4: there's a sermon on, you know, uh, a biblical approach to sexuality? What, Facebook doesn't like it? Is Facebook going to shut that down? What, they're
3: going to edit you?
4: Right, they're going to say, we don't like you talking about the fact that you can't have premarital sex. And we think that that's, you know...
3: Yeah, you're living in a different century.
4: Right, so you need to, you know, kind of update yourselves or we're going to take your church off of the streaming platform. Right,
3: all of a sudden Facebook becomes, you know, the head of your denomination or the Pope or anything like that, right? That they have control over content. I don't know. It's- well, that's
4: that's the fight that that... The anybody of any conservative ilk, whether it's someone who's conservative socially, someone who's conservative politically, someone who's conservative in a in a religious sense of any kind, that's the battle they're fighting against big tech. Yeah, right. That's
3: that's. But then now you're inviting big tech onto the pulpit.
4: That's what I'm saying. So is so is that so is the close association going to make the two friends? Is it going to take away the, you know, the difficulties that, that people have experienced with YouTube where they see something, they flag it, and you can't get back on the platform? Right. Or maybe because we're friends, that's going to
3: open up open areas up. of more growth. Right. And- or
4: are you going to become more reliant on the platform? And so when they shut you down, it's going to hurt you even more.
3: Yes. Or people from outside looking in complain and go, wait a second, I'm not going on there for this kind of content. So you have, and so all of a sudden you're twisting Facebook's arm as well against your own faith. Right.
4: I mean, any, I don't like it. I mean, no, ch- it's really dicey for any church to be involved in any business, right? Any business.
3: Especially something like this, when all the variables are really deeply out of your control. Okay. Christy, um, what do you think about all this? Now, you're a social media person. This is your domain. What are your thoughts?
4: So, and as somebody who just left working at a church, I would think there would have to be lawyers involved.
3: A ton. On both sides. Yeah.
4: But your people are already there, right? So now you're getting more people. I would think. Okay. So you're saying you have, you're going to have access to more people because they're already on the platform yep. anyway. Yep. So if they hit the give now button, like John said, or they hit the stream now button, it's already, I mean, that's the good, that's the thing about it is it. you're already, you're speaking to them through an environment with which they're already familiar. Yes. So you're not sending them to the third Baptist church of Charleroi website, which is probably not very good. Yes. Right? Right. And so they can't find the stream now button or, you know what I mean, they can't figure out how to navigate it because it's, you know, done badly and then they lose the whole connection.
3: Okay. So then is this a sort of a preach to all the nations imperative, right? That, you know, the technology is available, right? So why not use it?
4: I don't know. I don't know. I just, I feel like you're just opening yourself up for all sorts of issues that you can't quite anticipate because yeah, it's Pandora. If, because you're walking into you're you're making yourself as a church vulnerable in their world where they're the authority on it right. you know how many I, I would never feel comfortable doing that because i don't have abilities in the tech world even to understand wh- where my areas of risk would be
3: to me it's sort of like the ultimate big brother uh, introduction the Big Brother now has total control. You know, we were worried about Big Brother as a government entity. Here, it's, you know, it's a corporate entity, and all of a sudden they're going to control your prayer life, your worship life, all that. For what? For you to make some money or to expand your evangelistic reach? I don't think it's a good thing. But there are denominations and there are large churches who are willing to do this, to give it a shot, at least to try it, to see what would happen because of it.
4: All right, well, we're going to explore this a little more with our next guest, Ryan Birch, coming up next. We're going to talk about Generation Z and religion. The data is showing that the biggest growth is among Gen Zers who say that they are what? They're politically conservative. That's
10: next on the ride. Home. 101.5 Word FM, W O R D.
6: Pastor Greg Laurie says the pathway to happiness is paved with holiness. It's a point we see spelled out in the Beatitudes from the Lord himself. This week on A New Beginning, we'll dive deep into Jesus' prescription for happiness and learn how to bring lasting joy to our lives. Tune in this week for A New Beginning.
14: A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD.
7: Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, We've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we our United Faith Mortgage.
8: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage, Corp. 25 Metal Park, Ramel, New York, License Mortgage maker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Corporate Animalist Number 1330, Equal Housing London. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
1: A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by
0: NHTSA.
14: Are you a teacher looking to grow your career? Waynesburg University offers a Master of Education with multiple areas of concentration as well as certification in special education. Classes start every semester. Financial aid is available. Visit waynesburg.edu.
13: Hi, this is Robert Jermolowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing Siding Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit RoofingContractorPittsburgh.com.
1: Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise. Wednesday, August 25th from 630 to 9. Relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night.
3: Gen Z. Gen Z. Dr. Ryan Burge is with us. Dr. Burge is assistant professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University. His research appears on the site, Religion and Public Life, and also, he's got a wonderful book that sort of centers in many ways about this conversation. Hey, Ryan, welcome back.
11: Hey,
2: thanks
3: for having me.
4: Okay, so every time you come on, we talk about numbers and graphs and like nerdy data stuff. Um, So let's focus today on Generation Z. Okay, first off, um, what age are we talking about, Generation Zers? So
2: 1996 or later born, which means operatively between 18 and 25 years old because we don't survey people under the age of 18. So that's what we're talking, 18 to 25-year-olds. Okay,
4: so 18 to 25-year-olds. Let's talk about what we know about
2: their – can we start off with church attendance? Yeah, church attendance. So about 45% of Generation Z say they attend church never or seldom, mm-hmm. um, w- which is almost half. Uh, and on the other side of the spectrum, about a quarter of Gen Z say they attend church weekly or more than once a week. So 25% mm-hmm. weekly, 50% almost seldom or never. So definitely very irreligious when it comes to
3: attendance. Right. But mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, Ryan, um, even before the polling took place, was that unusual? I mean, a lot of young people just don't go to church, period.
2: Yeah, but we have data going back to 1972, so we can sort of track from at least that point forward. And we know that this is the least religious in terms of behavior, belief, and belonging. The least religious generation we've seen since we've had polling. And I think if you look back historically, you can kind of guess that prior generations, let's say in the 30s and 40s and 50s, were more religious than our current crop of Generation Z.
4: Okay, so before we talk about – how a group like that is reached. Let's talk about any data you have on how they ended up this way. So why are they as irreligious as they are?
2: So this thing's been happening in American religion. That's sort of subtle. And I don't think a lot of people talk about it because it's less dramatic than the deconversion or conversion stories. You know, a lot of people think like, oh, you know, I was an evangelical Christian and I read a Christopher Hitchens book and I became an atheist. That's actually not what happens. Like those are actually fairly rare when you look at the data what honestly happens is a lot of people are being raised without religion now and just never picking it up as they move into adulthood. Right. So what we're seeing is sort of generational replacement. Older people are dying off that are you know, only 20% secular and being replaced by a younger generation that's 45% secular. And that's how America is sort of becoming more secular over time. So it's almost become like a her- heredi- you know, hereditary thing or genetic mm. things just passed down from generation to generation. Now people are born, the default used to be you were born Christian. Right, whether it be sure. Catholic, Protestant, whatever it was. Now we're seeing huge numbers of people being born without any religious affiliation and just never taking it on as they move into adulthood.
3: Really? Okay, so whether it's Christian then or some other spirituality, is that the same thing across the board? Or, you know, that other spirituality, does that fill the gap?
2: So the, there's this weird category in, in polling we call SBNR, spiritual but not religious, mm-hmm. is, is sort of like this catch-all. And we do see a lot of that, but it's hard to quantify in surveys. It's things like people who care a lot about astrology and read their horoscope and talk about crystals and healing and auras and nature and, you know, Mercury being in retrograde and things like that, right? We're seeing a lot more of that. It's just we're it's hard for us to get polling questions put together that can really kind of grab onto the amorphousness this. Of all that SBNR stuff. And the other thing is, if we want to track religion, we really have to ask the same questions in the same way we've been asking them for 30 or 40 years so that our metrics don't change, right? Our questions don't mm-hmm. change so we can have a, a baseline. So sure. we have to keep asking what we've always asked, but then ask new questions to figure out what these SBNR people are up to.
4: Okay. We're talking to Dr. Ryan Burge, Assistant Professor of Political Science at Eastern Illinois University. His research appears on the site Religion in Public, and he tweets at Ryan Burge. You can find him there. Um, Ryan, let me tell you a story and kind of get your feedback on it. Um, I am on staff at a church that's on a college campus, and so the Generation Z crowd is a is a is a crowd that I spend a lot of time with, and one that I care a lot about. I also have two kids that are of that age, um, and I was in the university bookstore maybe I don't know four weeks ago, and I'm just looking around. I kind of like to see you know how they display their stuff, the kind of books that they're putting out, the kind of stuff that they're recommending to students, and I ended up in the astronomy section. I like astronomy, so I wanted to check mm-hmm. it out, kind of small section. Every book, and I mean every, every, you didn't find like Carl Sagan, Cosmos, you didn't find anything by any reputable astronomer. It was all about astrology. It was all about um, uh, Wicca there was a lot of Wiccan stuff there. I mean, every like, alternative religious experience found its home on the astronomy section of a major university bookstore. This is not a little college. This is the you know, University of Pittsburgh that has you know 35,000 students. So that's what they think astronomy is. First of all, I'm sure astronomers aren't very happy to hear that, right? But the second thing was, I thought, well, that's a really interesting way to engage with spirituality. So of course I went to the Christian section to kind of see what was there. And the only thing in the Christian section were a bunch of progressive Christians who had written books on how horrible conservative Christians are. Like that was it, okay? And there, and one yeah. book by Tim Keller. I forgot. There's one book by Tim Keller. Okay, so so that that's that's Gen Z, right? That's what they're hearing from their um, intellectual authorities. What does that tell us?
2: I think the one thing we know about Gen Z is they're very deinstitutional their trust in sort of all major institutions has eroded over time. And it didn't start with Gen Z. I think it started all the way back with Generation X. I think the advent of the internet really sort of changed the way we we interact with institutions and people in power, especially. I think the media, and I talk about this in my book, we have less trust in everything now than we had 30 or 40 years ago. It goes back to Watergate, right? If you look back at like FDR, Guy was in a wheelchair, and the media never talked about it when he was president because it, it was considered to be uncouth, right, to, like, talk about a disability like that. And then FDA, Or uh, Watergate happens with Nixon, and all of a sudden the press turns into we've got to kick over every rock and look at every cranny and find everything going wrong. And what the media found out was the more they do that, the more clicks, the more views, the more likes, the more money they make, right? And so now what they really thrive on are telling stories that get people fired up, and I think social – has made that 10 times worse because we know what goes viral on social is almost always negative things, not positive things. And so it created this like kind of doom loop, this reinforcement loop yeah, where, yeah. you know, bad things led to bad things. I think Gen Z was just really kind of dumped on their whole lives with just bad news about the church, about government, about corporations, about society. And now they want to, they're, they are repellent against anything that's institutional, including Christianity, which was, you know, has been the institutional religion of America for 400 years now.
3: Right. Okay. Okay, so if Gen Z is, you know, I wouldn't say a lost cause, but they are certainly far, far out there. There has to be some, you know, look, you're talking to a Christian audience. So hopefully, you know, our kids or our grandchildren or, you know, our close circles around us, they are not that Gen Z that's, that's lost, right? There's got to be something good within all this whole mix.
2: Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the approach to conversation has to change. And I think a lot of times Christians approach conversations about faith in a sort of confrontational way and with with an agenda, which is evangelization, which I get because evangelicals evangelize. That's That's what they do. I think the issue with that, though, is that automatically puts your conversation partner back on their heels, and they're already trying to find a way to change the subject or get out of the way. Right. So the way I've been talking about all things in life right now, including matters of faith and politics and religion, and all this stuff is I'll say, you know, how did you get there and why do you believe these things and why don't I believe the, th- the same things that you do? You know, how did you come by? So what that does is it allows them to tell their story. And I think sometimes when people tell their story out loud, they start realizing, wow, that part doesn't make a whole lot of sense, or I haven't really thought through why I do what I do. And in some ways, you're almost you're helping them talk through their own face situation, and I think that makes them much less defensive. And much more open to trying to explain themselves because everyone likes to talk about themselves.
6: Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, and I also think that we are selling ourselves short and we're being disingenuous if we don't take some responsibility for why Gen Zers are the way they are. I mean, so if my kids are that generation, then there's something about my generation that has caused them to reject Christianity and a religious experience in those huge numbers. And so that means that it's time for us to take some time to – like some self-assessment, some reckoning some repentance and the only way we're going to find out what it is that we've done wrong is to ask the questions that you're talking about Ryan to people who are between the ages of 18 and 25 and say okay so now tell me about you and without saying we're so disappointed in you that you didn't like you haven't lived up to our expect you're not as holy as we wanted you to be or spiritual they or didn't whatever know any better, though. right so we mm-hmm. need to ask the question wh- you know tell us about your experience tell us about who you are so that we can kind of confess what we need to confess ryan what do you say about that
2: i think the church needs to be willing to apologize for sin's past present and future you know like i'm a big fan of saint augustine he said the church is a whore but she's my mother Hmm. right like we we you know we always have to have this idea that the church is us but it's not us at the same time and just because the church over there hurts you doesn't mean i shouldn't apologize for that because what that means is christianity hurts you and i think what a lot of people do and i think this is terrible is they minimize the pain that was caused by religion in people's lives there have been people who have been psychologically, spiritually, physically, and sexually abused by people from the church all over this country. And for us to minimize it, well, your story is just one of a 100 in the entire country, and you're an aberration. That, that, they they do not No one wants to feel like an aberration. They want to feel valued, like their story matters. And if the church hurt them, even if you had nothing to do with that, what's wrong with apologizing and saying, I don't think Jesus would have ever done that to you? I don't think pure Christianity would hurt you like you were hurt. I think the problem is that institutions are people and people are sinful and people are fallen and people hurt other people, but that doesn't mean we give up on institutions because institutions are all that we have in American society to hold us together and keep us moving forward. Walking away is not an option. We, can't, we have to take that off the table and say, you have to be part of something. Let's try to make you a part of something. That's
3: good. Dr. Ryan Burge is with us. He's the author of the nuns where they came from, who they are and where they are going. But Ryan, if you are growing up in a non churched home, It's a huge leap forward to find yourself in a pew on a regular basis on Sunday morning, right?
2: Absolutely, I think that's the thing. But I, I, I honestly think it might actually be easier to bring those people into religion because thirty-one percent of Generation Z are nothing in particular. Okay, seven percent are atheists, seven percent are agnostic, but thirty-one percent are nothing in particular. And what we know about nothing in particulars are they're very fluid in their spirituality. Right. In my book, I talk about how over a four-year period of time, sixty percent of nothing in particulars are still nothing in particular. are atheists or agnostics four years later, but 20% become Christians four years later, right? So there's a huge opportunity here. These are not, Gen Z are not just shot through with atheists and agnostics. It's only 13% of them, right? The biggest chunk is nothing in particular and they are open, they are receptive. They're willing to listen to not just Christianity, by the way, but all religions. They're trying to look for something spiritual as well. I think the church needs to understand that the things that we learned when it came to church growth 20 years ago, applied to the baby boomers and gen x who were 20% nuns 22% nuns they don't apply to a generation that's 45% nuns we need to rethink everything we know about church growth and evangelism because the new generation is on a completely different trajectory we've never seen before
3: okay so just before you joined us we were talking about an article we saw in, in uh, yesterday's new york times about major denominations now engaging with facebook all right mm-hmm. so um When you look at that, I mean, is there any viability there for you now? I mean, you know, Hillsong Church working on Facebook, is that gonna draw new believers into the fold? What do you think?
2: I think it's going to do the opposite. I think that was the most hand-fisted operation. And I talked to a reporter about this earlier today. The fact they're going to charge people nine ninety nine dollars to have premium features on Facebook. Facebook doesn't need nine ninety nine dollars from anybody. They make billions of dollars a year, and they're trying to exploit faith to make money. And I think the most interesting detail about that whole story was the church rejected the opportunity to put ads in their live stream for their worship service. Right. Like, think about that. Someone from Facebook went to the pastor <laughs> and said, we want to put a, an ad in the middle of the live stream of your worship worship service Like, that shows you how ham-fisted the Facebook people are when it comes to matters of faith. They need to understand Facebook has a lower reputation than the church does, I think, in modern America. And I actually think Facebook's done more harm to modern America than the church ever thought about doing. So when you put those two together, it just seems like more capitalistic than altruistic. Mm -hmm. And it seems fake and phony and manufactured. And you know what Gen Z does not want? Fake, phony, and manufactured. They Mm -hmm. want authentic. They want organic. They want relational. And that seems like exactly the opposite of what they want.
3: Amen to that. Preach it, Ryan. Ryan Burch, the nuns—where they came from, who they are, and where they are going. Ryan, thanks an awful lot. It's always a pleasure to connect with you. You got it going on. Thank you, John. Thank you, Kathy. I go. Nice going? to see you. Okay. Bye, Ryan. Nice to see you. Take Bye. a break. Bye. Quick, come back. Does this make sense? Probably it doesn't. I'll tell you right today. now, it's not gonna. All right, it's our daily feature. Doesn't make sense? We'll find out next. Dare we say, these have been. Unprecedented oh, times.
4: I hear that word, that term, one more time.
3: Take it as you may, right? We have gone through, all of us, a very weird, difficult time mm-hmm. these past 15 plus months. Now, if you've had a child, whether elementary school, high school, college, mm. how do you navigate that? God bless you as you went through that. Period. Oh
4: my gosh. Isn't that the truth? Every possible challenge.
3: So, we had kids at Grove City College, and they laid out a plan. Of course, there were some pitfalls along the way. Nothing's perfect. But through COVID and through the oddness of it all, they made it through. And they made it more than just working through the process. I would say that many students flourished at yeah. Grove City.
4: Yeah. That's the surprising thing, isn't it? I mean, first of all... I- Having an in-person graduation was terrific. Yeah. But even more than that, looking back on the year and thinking, yeah, the students survived it. But I really think there was significant growth that happened, in large part because of how the Grove City administration and faculty handled their interactions with students on a daily basis. Amen.
3: So if you've got a child thinking about that next step in life, we'd suggest you look hard at Grove City College online, gcc.edu. It's excellence. Grove City College.
1: This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy & Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost
8: any skin irritation.
4: It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working.
10: We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema.
11: Nothing worked on my dry cracked skin until I tried Blue Star.
10: Blue Star is great for scalp itch
1: look for the white box with the blue star in the first aid section feel blue star work fast
6: or your money back
4: unused prescription opioid pain medicines can spell trouble safely dispose of opioids before they can hurt your family find a drug take-back option such as medicine
10: drop boxes visit www.fda.gov drug disposal a message from the u.s food and drug administration Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app, at wordfm.com, iHeart, in and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
14: We'll see clear skies for tonight. Expect a low tonight of 63. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny and warm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 88. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies with a low of 67. Wednesday, partly sunny and humid with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. We'll see a high Wednesday of 86. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does
4: this make sense?
3: Does what makes sense?
4: commercials during the Olympics for pharmaceuticals
3: well like any other you know television time it's it's available so yeah why, why wouldn't it make sense
9: because
4: we're celebrating the human athlete
3: yeah but those at who are the,
4: celebrating wait, at the wait at the peak of its condition mm-hmm. we're celebrating shocking feats of strength yeah. Of quickness, Mm -hmm. of agility. And then we take a break and we're confronted with unbelievably long stories of humans suffering great tragedy and then trying to sell them a drug to take the pain away.
3: Right. Because that tiny .00001% of those world-class athletes... The opposite spectrum of that, the 90% plus of us who are sitting at home eating chips and dip and anything like that's available,
6: mm-hmm.
3: we're the ones who are suffering the ill health. So we need the help.
4: Can't we take a break from it?
5: No, no. Can't
4: we just nope. step aside? Nope. Can't we just enjoy looking at some healthy people for a while, disengage from our physical malady, and not be subjected to like... Two-minute-long commercials, sixty seconds of which are all of the side effects that you could experience if you took this drug.
3: Right, your eyeballs may bleed, your head may explode. I don't think your it makes sense
4: out. at all. I dislike everything about it. I think it makes sense. Uh,
7: get out of here! All
3: right. Does this make sense? You're out and about, whether you're on a trip or you just, you know, running around, running around town. What about the fanny pack? Oh. The fanny pack. Making a resurgence. It is making... I've seen people walking around with the fanny pack. It's back. And I wonder if COVID had something to do with it. Like, what do I do with my mask when I'm, you know, whatever that whole thing was about or Mm -hmm. my whatever that gel people were putting on their, you know, hands and their face. The fanny pack. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a weird thing. It was kind of trendy for a while. There's a fashion sense to it that's not a good fashion sense. But... As opposed to, like, a guy with a big chunk of change and his keys in his pocket, does the fanny pack make sense? Absolutely, it does not. It makes sense. It does not. It makes perfect
4: it sense. It doesn't look good on anybody. Uh, nope. You know you reach I'm a point a in your no. life.
3: Seriously. Do you really no. care what people think?
4: Of course. You Come know on. why? Come on. Because no. we respect ourselves as humans. Uh,
3: no. No. You're going for ease. No. You're going for utility.
4: Right. You're so we tr- should all look like garbage no. as often as possible. You
3: could buy a nice fanny pack. No, there sense. aren't
4: nice fanny packs. That's the problem.
10: 101.5
0: WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. We want one that's got our name on it. Isn't that true? So if that's where you are, you can have your guardian angel. But if you're not convinced of that... Then let me tell you, the rest of the story is all the angels in the whole universe care about you. And if God wants to dispatch them all, he can do it. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Angels, next time on Turning Point. This
5: evening at 730 on 101.5 WORD. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. 8,000. Thursday, August 12th,
12: 7 p.m. Eastern. Join Grammy award-winning artist Michael W. Smith and a host of others. For Food for the Poor's national virtual celebration, we are one. We come together to provide 10 million meals for desperately hungry children and families in countries like Haiti. The event is complimentary, but reserve your space right now to receive a link to a silent auction of incredible trips to both national and international destinations. RSVP now at foodforthepoor.org forward slash one. That's foodforthepoor.org forward slash
1: Research shows people remember radio ads that remind them of the past. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company
2: customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's an ad that'll really take you back.
0: Back in
6: my day, I heard a voice from the radio say, Liberty Mutual customizes my home insurance, so I only pay for what I need. I'm getting on in years now, but <laughs> heavens to
0: Betsy, there are some
6: things an old fella like me just never forgets.
2: Only pay for what you need
6: at LibertyMutual.com.
0: Liberty, 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 Liberty.
6: Are you ready for a life-fulfilling getaway? Where you can join renowned Bible teachers, best-selling authors, and award-winning worship artists in breathtaking locations? Sail the Sea of Gaze at the majesty of towering Alaska glaciers or bask in the warmth of the Caribbean sun. Christian travel is the best way to see God's creation and Inspiration Cruises and Tours will provide unforgettable moments just for you. For more information, visit inspirationcruises.com or call 800-247-1899.
3: Mark Lutz is with us. He is the pastor of Lux Digital Church, And uh, here to talk to us about the idea of a digital church, Pastor, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, I just caught that that last bit there. Hi, guys. Uh, it's good to be on the show. How are you
16: tonight? Thanks for so much. Ha- thanks so much for having me on. Sure, yeah, we're good, we're sure.
4: Good. So, listen, we were just talking in our last segment about Gen Z, and you know, forty some percent of Gen Zers are um, disinterested in religiosity, in organized religion, sitting in a pew, all those sorts of things. So, uh, I'm wondering if this is the demographic that you're going for with your all digital church, yeah?
16: Uh, I, I mean, I certainly, yes, yes and no. And so uh, I definitely feel like God has put a calling on my heart to help the big C church reach the post-millennial generation. So okay. what are the generations that are coming after me? And and that's oftentimes the case. I think with most generations are question right? Boomers wanted to know how do we reach Gen X? Gen X want to know how do we reach millennials? Millennials want to know how the heck do we reach Gen Z? Um, but the honest truth is my church is, is primarily built to reach hardcore and regular video gamers in the video game culture. Really? Uh the average hardcore gamer is 33 years old. Um and so it's really a millennial gen z crowd. It's kind of a mixed bag. Most of the people from our church are anywhere between like 25 and 35 with you know outliers being younger up through people in their 60s.
3: Interesting. Okay. So pastor, you yourself are an avid video gamer. So in some ways you're saying you're evangelizing by playing video games and inviting people to sample Christianity.
16: Yeah, in some capacity, I am more than anything, we created a church where gamers exist. So because I've been a gamer, I'm in their space, I speak their language, very similar to having any missionary who might go and and leave and go to, you know, Africa, for example, Um, they would learn the culture, learn the language, learn how they communicate, learn the places they hang out, learn what's important to them. Well, I grew up in that culture. And so uh, I'm just I'm like a native born gamer in that capacity, which enables me to sort of reach into that community. So, yeah, we do play some games together, um, but a lot of it is offering spiritual guidance to a community that has no interest whatsoever in stepping through the doors of a brick and mortar church, but are deeply, deeply interested in faith, spirituality and the concept of God and higher powers And so it's, it's offering spiritual guidance in that, in that capacity. I love it.
4: Yeah. Okay, Mark. So, so give us, um, a look into the culture. You said that this is a, a culture that you grew up in, that you're a part of. It's a language that you speak. It's people that you know, it's, um, hearts that you care about. So what are they like? Um, what's the worldview like? Um, what's the outlook for the future? Like what kind of, I don't know, you name it, uh, education, interest, culture, whatever.
16: Sure. I mean, you're going to get a mixed bag just as you, I mean, the, the, I think the concept is, is that every gamer is like one, right? So we have this, con- we have this idea where we, we place gamers and we flatten them really badly, and, and they don't have multiple dimensions or multiple concepts. And so therefore, if you're a gamer, you're really only interested in gaming, whereas, whereas gamers are multifaceted as any other culture is. And if you don't know anything, like where we are, our church exists in a place called Twitch, which is twitch.tv is the website. It's owned by Amazon now. It's a live streaming platform. But there's 100 million unique viewers every month on wow. Twitch. Wow. At any given time, there is about three to four million people watching um, other people play video games. or And actually, the, the biggest category is just chatting. It's not even people playing video games. It's people live streaming and just talking to their communities. Usually anywhere between 250 to 400,000 people are watching a just chatting stream at any given moment, which is where our church is on
3: Wednesday nights. I see. And so – So Wednesday night, then describe what that's like. I mean, how do you invite people in? You're obviously having conversations one-on-one, but, you know, you're saying come and join us at a worship service on Wednesday evening. What's that look like? Sure. I mean, our worship service is going to look a lot like what any person's worship service looked
16: like during COVID. Um, With the exception of there's a lot more interaction and it's intentionally very personal so we are a lot closer to the camera we have no physical in-person audience so there's nothing that's distracting my eyes from the camera camera as i'm interacting um we have a live stream chat that's on a tv directly below me so like in the first 10 minutes of our of our service like my wife and i we're the ones on camera we're talking to the chat we do a question of the day we're interacting with people we're saying hello to people we're taking prayer concerns then we do a worship song, then we pray for people, then I come back up and I preach about a 30 to 35 minute sermon. And then we do something called post show. So at that point, service ends, we do a giving moment, and you're welcome to come and join us on our like conversation server. It's called discord, but we have like live chat rooms, and we're like a high table prayer rooms, welcome center, all of that stuff. But then in addition to that, um, you know, we also have a post show that's live where I sit for 10 minutes on a stool, it's not scripted, I just talk with chat. I answer questions about spirituality, about myself, about our team, about our church. Anybody has any questions, just sit there and ask answer questions for, for ten minutes. And if no one has questions, we talk about the next step that week and dive deeper into that. Okay. That's cool.
4: Mark Lutz is with us, pastor of Lux Digital Church. He spent the last 10 years at New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, and he's been a gamer in some various degree for a really long time. And so he's interested in reaching out to that community. Um, Mark, so you spent a lot of time in uh, over a decade in in in-person ministry. Um, Now you're doing digital ministry. Uh, Talk about what I mean, what are the challenges? What are the? I mean, do you have to be uniquely equipped for both things, or you know, can you make the transition?
16: Uh, you can make the transition. the The question is, do you want to? Yeah. Uh, it, it's not. It's not really. Can you? It's do you want to learn? an online culture enough that you're able to engage with it. It's not just like, hey, let's just pop over there and broadcast. That's why I call like most live streams for churches broadcast ministry. It's not online ministry. It's you're just broadcasting your stuff. Um, One of the things that was a big jump for us is that relationships are very possible online. I mean, I have now close friends and people who've come to faith and people whose lives have been transformed by the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And we've seen the Holy Spirit move where they are, while we are where we are. Um, but that takes a lot of intentionality. Um, you don't just bump in to one of the people from your church right. when you're at the supermarket and say, Hey, where have you been? We missed you. You have to actually reach out to them, set up meetings with them, have conversations. So I just like hung out with one of our, our, our team members from uh, Nashville uh, this afternoon and we just caught up for like 45 minutes, really? just came back from kayaking with one of my other team members who's actually local um, and spent some time with him. Because if you, if you're not intentional about the relationships it's hard. I would and I would say this if there's anyone who's looking to get into online ministry or to branch out and plant maybe an online campus practice keeping online relationships find somebody that you can meet with get to know disciple invest in online that you'll never meet in person and see if that fits for you because for for a lot of people to be honest it, it won't and that's okay um, you know, not everyone needs to start an online church.
3: Right. I mean, I love this pastor. It's a really interesting concept. I knew nothing about it. So just as Lux digital is out now on the, on the web, is there a pattern that you're following along? I mean, is there sort of like, you know, the digital Tim Keller guy out there, or are there just people like, you know, you that are smaller churches and trying to sort of cover things?
16: Yeah, no, there's not. Um, and so there is Angela Craig from Pursuit Church Live. She started a, a, a church on Facebook about five years ago and has recently handed that off. And she wrote a book called Online Jesus, which is really good. And She's become a friend. Uh, Matt Souza is 30, just turned 30. Um, he's the lead pastor of God Squad Church, which is a gaming church. they've been around for about five years, but they were around – you know before anyone was doing this um and then pastor dj soto of virtual reality church vr church um and uh and he's doing uh, on uh, just like next level stuff Like, you think what we're doing is outside the box like what what dj is doing is just great just like no, beyond what we're doing um still very very cool so uh those are kind of guys that we've been working with jeff reed from the church digital podcast has invested a lot in us But we're really forging the path there's no one who's doing what we're doing. Um, and no one has done ever what we're doing. So there's, there's not like a playbook. There's no way to measure and say, congratulations, this is going well.
3: Right. So in in general, are you reaching people who are unchurched or these people who have fallen away or they've been active, or is it just a big wide mix? Sure, I I would say the
16: vast majority of people that we're reaching are dechurched, um, and so and that's kind of like our target, right? Our target is the average person. They may have had some experience in the church or youth ministry growing up, mm-hmm. they quit going and haven't been back in a decade, and so like our second service, a friend of mine, Derek from wisconsin um came to faith and uh you know he had been dabbling in satanism and a couple of other world religions prior to that he was a metalhead and played in a couple of bands the drummer had gone through a tough season in life and came back to faith in one of our services and that's kind of like the people that we're looking at like I they're see. a lot of our people are people they've been out of the church for five to ten years millennials gen z and not really ever planning on going back either like they're they have no intention to go back. The church does not understand their culture, their language, or the way they do things. Um, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't find any sort of a home inside of our physical churches. Got so. it.
4: Okay. So if there's no home inside of the physical churches, is this a reality we have to accept that there's no home for people um, in, in brick and mortar churches? Or is your church kind of a call to brick and mortar churches to make a space?
16: You know, it depends on the leadership of your church, the direction of your church and where you guys are like it it, for for any given church. I think it like for New Life. And and I know you guys have had Pastor Chris on this show a lot, a lot over the years. Um, New Life is a tremendous church. We weren't at a place where we were ready to make this jump, but this is where God was sending us. And so we're connected to New Life, but we're not a plant of New Life in it. And that might not be the case. Some places may not be even in that place. Some places may be ready to plant online campuses. Um, I think it's a call to say that the church needs to get le- get less conventional. Um, we've been planting pretty much the same type of church for 500 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you might even be able to say the same type of structures for 1700 years. I mean, even if you look at churches 1700 years ago and what we have today, like there are very strong similarities. Um, And I think the reality is we don't live in a Christian culture anymore and people aren't mandated to go to your church um, if you don't reach people where they are. And for us, gamers are behind their screens. And so if we don't reach them through the screens, they're never coming. And so we had to go to the thing that they're using every single day of their life. Some of them, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours a day.
3: Right. And so so I think
16: it's a call to the church to get innovative.
3: So there you are on Wednesday night. You're saying your services take place on Wednesday, Sunday morning. I mean, what are you saying? People are up all night long playing games, so they're not available on Sunday morning anyway. So why bother? Yeah, sure. It sort of depends on your culture. For us, I was a gamer. I know what gamers are doing Saturday
16: night. Most gamers are typically working a dead end job. They are exhausted throughout the week. They spend all night, Saturday night gaming. If they don't have to go and work Sunday morning, they're certainly not waking up for a church live stream. Whereas most of them are playing games Wednesday night at 830 EST. um, And we are up on a second monitor. So they're playing on one. They're listening and viewing, but they're also playing something typically they're multitasking, which gives us a chance to engage with them kind of like where they want to be already.
3: Fabulous. Okay. So talk about your church. People are listening right now. They're watching, they're interested in you. How do they find you guys?
16: Sure. So if you want to just check us out on our website, Lux, L U X, digital There's this misconception that I named the church after myself. Um, my last name is Lutz. The church's name is Lux. Lux is the Latin word for light. Uh, my wife named the church based off of Matthew 5. Um, so luxdigitalchurch.com. digital um, And you can find links in the top right hand corner to YouTube. So that's like our catalog of all of our messages. If you want to go and watch some of the preaching and the teaching, um, you know, I think most people think, they're worried about something like this because this seems radical. So you would think the that theology cool. is really radical too. Um, but I came up under Chris Marshall's theology and so, uh, <laughs> my theology is not radical. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so you can check us out there. There's also a link in there to our Twitch page, our discord server, all of the places that you might find us. And if you don't know what any of that means, probably son, grandson, daughter, granddaughter does know, um, how to use those things. So that's cool I love it. That's great. Well, yep, Mark,
4: it's been a real pleasure to meet you. Thanks for being being on the show
16: today hey thanks for having me guys i really appreciate yeah, it yeah, thank that's you. good
4: news about the Lux digital church you can find it online that's mark lutz the pastor all right we need to take a break when we come back a study finds that mammals dream about the world they're entering before they're born what
10: uncle ryan is going to talk about how hot 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 cash out refinances are that sounds fun
7: i sound like a broken record i've been doing this for 18 years i have never seen a market like this in my life Home values have generally been skyrocketing the last couple of years. And with interest rates being some low, I, I've actually seen refinances where people are able to cash out that newly found equity in their homes, do home improvements, whatever it may be, and still save money per month compared to what their prior mortgage payment was. So it's worth a shot just to give us a phone call. And one thing I can promise at United Faith Mortgage is we will not be pushy. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. I can promise you we will not be that way. I like to see it as my job is to present me with a few different options. I step back, I let you decide, and I'll let you call me when you want to move forward.
9: We... Our United United Faith Mortgage. Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees. Up to
8: $500. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage lender license number 22672.
1: To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the church of God. The Ruling Elders program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams. Just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu.
4: Everything that we do in the office is to provide a comforting feel to you and your family.
1: Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care.
4: We do value the time that you spend at our office, and we understand that you don't have hours and hours because lives are crazy nowadays. But we want to really make sure that the time you're spending with us is efficient and effective and works for you as an individual.
1: Harry Highway in Wexford at (laughs) StockFamilyDentistry.com. Why Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, and Remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. What
9: is up, right? Call. Looking for a job? Contact Express Employment Professionals and be part of their national hiring event. With one application, Express connects you with multiple employers and never charges a fee. Go to ExpressPros.com, find your nearest office, and call Express today.
1: Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise. Wednesday, August 25th from 630 to 9. Relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com.
3: Date night. This is really interesting. Whether it's a human, a dog, or a newborn mammal, they all have the incredible capacity to make visual sense of the world upon opening their eyes for the very first time. Okay. I'm reading from uh, something called Study Finds. How, though, is this possible if they've never actually been in the physical world? They've been, you know, in the womb. Right. Well, study authors conceived the fascinating and thought-provoking theory after observing waves waves of activity within the neonatal retinas of a group of mice who had never opened their eyes for the first time. Upon birth, this activity ceases quickly and a more mature network of visual stimuli begins transmitting to the brain where mammals further encode and store the information. So what they're saying is, That somehow, and this is the deep mystery of it all, is that mammals, you and I and other mammals, we are dreaming in the womb of what the physical world is doing, looking like, engaging with. So that when we open our eyes, we've already dreamt it, so we're comfortable in the presence of what's been going on inside of our brains.
4: How are we dreaming it if we've never experienced it or seen it?
3: They're just saying... This is what they see in the scans of the brains. Now, granted, these are mice. It'll go a lot further, I'm sure, in deeper research. But there's Wait, representation that's, that's really of the cool. physical world.
4: That's that's pretty shocking. Yeah. Have you watched All Creatures Great and Small?
3: I have, and I loved it.
4: Isn't it wonderful? Yes. I mean, it really gives, I don't know, it's, just a, it's a beautiful animal-centered perspective on day-to-day life.
3: Exactly. You know, I've got this dog I've talked about. He's blind and deaf, and he has Alzheimer's. It's changed our family life by having this animal like that. I mean, they're just amazing what they choose to teach us. But God has touched in them.
4: If we're aware of it and are willing to accept it.
3: I'm into that. Hey, have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing.
0: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.